Hello, friends. This is Eric Wright, the host of the Disco Posse podcast. Thanks for joining us today. This episode is brought to you by Veeam Software. So if you want to go to vee.am forward slash Disco Posse. So again, go to Veeam Software, which is vee.am forward slash Disco Posse. And that'll connect you up with the small business edition and, and other ways that you can buy Veeam Software for your data protection needs. Super cool. Longtime friends of the show. I'm a fan. Uh, so please do visit again. Go to vee.am e.am forward slash disco posse uh, the links down in the show notes as well today's episode is a conversation with brandy whalen brandy is the co-founder of kitcaster agency kitcaster is an amazing firm that's putting the gutenberg sort of revolution of podcasting in the hands of companies and startups everywhere by being able to connect great guests with great podcasts, Brandy and her team are really, really changing the way that PR and, and the outward face of companies is being handled. So it was a great conversation with Brandy and in fact, a really incredible heartfelt story when we talk about uh, some of the inspirations that Brandy has in and outside of work. So please, this is a must listen and big shout out to the Kitcaster team. Hi, everyone. This is Brandi Whalen, co-founder of Kitcaster, and you are listening to the Disco Posse podcast. Today is a really neat day for me because I am welcoming somebody who he has literally contributed to the greatest amount of success in my own podcast without even knowing that, that she's doing it. Uh, I'm proud to announce that I'm sharing the microphone today with Brandy Whalen, who is the co-founder, as she introduced, uh, of Kitcaster. And in fact, one of the most uh, amazing firms of people that I've been working with in being able to introduce great founders and great stories to people who want to have great conversations. Uh, so if you want to, Brandy, let's have you fully introduce yourself uh, and then we'll talk about Kitcaster and this really cool new revolution in, in media, really. And, and I think of... I think a few people have described it as kind of like this next Gutenberg revolution in, in how podcasting is becoming the new way that, that people are really getting information. Yeah, yeah, great. Thank you, Eric. Um, so my name is Brandy Whalen, as I mentioned before, and I am uh, the co-founder of Kitcaster. And really, um, we're, a, we're a podcast booking agency is what we call ourselves. And it's, it is relatively new. We do have some, um, there are other folks out there that, that do the same work. Um, it, it really evolved from, um, I come from the world of public relations and um, very, you know, watching kind of the evolution of that industry coming from a very traditional, um, relationship building with um, editors at publications. And we all know how that world is looking now um, and figuring out kind of what, always trying to stay ahead of what is, what is that next thing, right? And thinking about where I'm going to take my clients. And the world of podcasting is, has exploded. Uh, and just seeing this as a place where 
it's incredible to share stories and, and what a great place from somebody who's a thought leader in their industry to, to talk to the masses. So that's really how Kitcaster came to be. Now, the thing that I really appreciate about what you do is you understand the, the connective tissue that's needed to bring two sides together. Like you said, we've got people that can really, it's a great opportunity to do storytelling, which is so different than the like, especially coming out of PR, you know, this is, I literally just got off a meeting with somebody as we're crafting like the ideal 11 words to describe the first sentence of a press release about a new thing that's coming out. And it's just the most horrifying thing to me to have to like do this. And I know, like, sadly, the only people that read press releases are other PR people. Like it's, it's that's really the audience. So for me, what's funny is this, the people that you connect me with, I connect with them on like so many different levels because they're founders, they're builders, they're people, they're mothers, they're, they're parents, they're whatever they are. But it's, I, what I love is the fact that I go longer form with my particular podcast is that we go beyond just the like, hey, I want to share their story. You know, last, uh, you know, I very recently had, well, I could literally go through a list of clients uh, on Peter Sisson, who uh, has a yeah. platform called Yaza. Peter's amazing. And we recorded for way longer than I think we were supposed to. And then we talked for like another 40 minutes after. Uh, and it was just, it was so cool. Uh, John Steele as well, Series Code, somebody who, if you just like, I brought him on to talk about Series Code. I'm like, that's amazing. But I'm like, let's talk about you. And he had such a really cool story of how he got started. And I think that that changes the brand ability for for anyone to be able to come on a podcast and really be real like and personal and ellie daly another one who you know launched intro 30 and she was on amazing like you know i i think i i start off with guests and i walk away with friends it's it's such a profound opportunity yeah it truly is and that's really i think that that is what is so unique about podcasts and the, it's funny that you say that about the press release because i i always kind of joke like when is a press release going to die completely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one can I hope it dies before I do my next product launch because I'm I'm aching over trying to get one out <laughs> uh, you know it's just it, and you're right like it just brings this it, it brings this humanization to you your company your story I, I think even just in the times that we're living in right now I I've been on so many conference calls and see um, kids dogs partners in the backdrop of video calls and it's and everyone always apologizes. And I'm like, don't apologize. That's your life. This is you. That's and right. I think that that is a really cool part about podcasts is that you not only get to hear this interesting story about how they founded a company, but also just their their whole life. Um, so it's just a, it's kind of a snapshot into um, into somebody's being that makes it really compelling on so many levels. I find it's, uh, I, I'll use the story that I relate to people all the time. I was going cycling with a friend and, and he and I had been cycling together. He was an Ironman athlete. So he's like crazy good cyclist. And I was a sort of haphazard cyclist with a decent amount of endurance. We went out for a ride and, and a friend of his came along. She's like, oh, I'm literally just getting started. This is my first bike, you know, this whole big thing. And so we get going. And so 
the natural thing, of course, is you're coaching, like make sure you keep your kid doing all this stuff, like just natural coaching to somebody who's a newcomer to the sport. Well, about two and a half hours later, she's like handing me food going, Hey, you good? Like, and I realized I'm like, wait a second, you know, I'm supposed to be coaching you and I'm like eating wind here and, and really feeling rough. And she's like, Oh, it's just as I, I know what it's like. She says, I've, I've been doing ultra marathons for 10 years. So I'm pretty good at kind of food management. And so I always think of it as like, always ask the next part of the story. Cause so anybody, the, the press release on that was newcomer to the bicycle. And the real story is ultra marathoner who has decided to take on a new sport. But it, and that's what I feel like is so backwards about media uh, and press release and the whole like online, like not even online, but like traditional news media and traditional media of you have four and a half minutes that you share with three other people on a panel to say something meaningful and then you're out commercial break, you know, yeah. <laughs> and this is so much better because you can actually have real conversations that tell the story that they wanted to tell, but without the need to cram it into nine perfect words. Right. Yeah. And I feel like for the most part, they're just like little sound bites, right. Of um, something that was probably crafted by, a communication department, um, a marketing department, and um, just feels a little not authentic and flat. So um, yeah, so podcasting is just such a cool genre that um, I think that what you had said before, and this is something that we tell potential clients all the time, is it's great. It, being on a podcast is fun. It's a great way to tell your founder story, your company story. Um, but it's also, it's a relationship. You know, you walk away from these, these recordings and, and now you know Eric, you know him really well. You had a, a long conversation with him. You share, maybe you went to the same college. Maybe you've, you have a previous, some previous overlap of work history. Maybe there's something that you could collaborate on in the future. You know, it's just, it's, it's so interesting. We've seen so many different relationships kind of blossom from just being on a show, which is really cool. It was actually funny that I had a, a professional engagement I was doing and they said, okay. So I, and the first person that I was working with was somebody that I had met through like a community thing that I had done in the IT community as a blogger. And so they're like, oh, this, you know, meet this fellow. And I'm like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? I we remember we were at this event. He's like, yeah, yeah, how are things? And so all the people that I work with are just shaking their head. And then he says, okay, cool. Well, we've got somebody else. Oh, sorry. Uh, somebody was just late. He just jumped on the call. And I see this background come up and it looks familiar. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. And so they're like, oh, do you know this person? And, I, and he's like, yeah, he, I was just on his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So it, it truly is, you know, uh, it, it is a small world. And we find that there's like genre specific stuff. Of course, like I focused on tech, but then I focused more on like people started digging into like the founder stories because I love that's like exciting to me. And then yeah. now I've really attracted this new audience. So this is neat. I want to ask you, Brandy, what, how do you, how do you build a thing where you effectively have such a diverse crowd and potentially a diverse set of conversationalists to, to share that story with. Yeah. Um, 
so you know it's interesting i mean it um we've kind of built this whole company from the ground up you know we we had a we had this idea and we kind of reached out to our personal network and brought in some beta clients really just to test to see if our assumptions were right you know could we kind of take this for a lack of a better term like traditional kind of pr agency style and translate this into the world of podcasting um so you know we know who we have a ton of people who we've done a really good job with our um, seo and um what what we get as inbound leads to our to our website um and then really you know leveraging other like linkedin is a really powerful platform for us um but you know kind of we know who we kind of know who our target audience is and who our services are going to resonate with and it doesn't necessarily it's not a specific industry it's just a it's a it's a particular person <laughs> um you know somebody who has a passion right um who has built something from their passion and really wants to to share it and and are and really are comfortable with sharing because not everyone this platform is not for everyone um and what i hear time and time again is which is interesting is you know everyone told me that i should be a blogger i should, I should <laughs> yeah. write on on have a you know medium write medium posts and I, i'm not a writer i'm a talker so like i would sit down at the desk and i would try to write and nothing would come to me but i can get up in front of people and i can tell my story and I can talk forever. And that's where I feel comfortable. And so podcasting is just kind of a natural thing for them. So they tried to do it, um, you know, the the written the written word, and it just um, it just it didn't ever come naturally. And so podcasting is is something that they they want to explore. So it's their strong suit. Yeah, when it makes sense because it also it number one it, it humanizes and it it's it's I would say there's a difference between like. It's emoting a story. It's not just telling like, uh, you know, like I said, if you could, you could tell it in the same way that a press release would. It's coming out of a voice, but it's still mechanistic in the the approach. And I was, I was joking far too heavily uh, with my PR team, you know, who was going on about like, I said, do you know what we're, what we're announcing today? the use of passive voice and the overuse of commas is what we're announcing. I said, that's the first three sentences of any press release are just littered with probably the worst possible phrasing of English because you have to cram so much crap into it. And it has to be said in a particular way and God bless Apple for being the like format of, you know, product, you know, company name today announces product X comma, something that does something comma, Further, you know, like, and I'm just like staring at this thing, you know, and I, you try not to, you know, belittle it. It is important. It's incredibly important. Every part of a media presence and everybody's role in it. But like you said, I think we've reached a point where we said, this is not the only, nor is it the most effective way to share what's really just happened. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I completely agree, and and actually, it's it's really interesting. Even um, you know, working with it, the press release does it follows a certain format, and if you're not familiar with that format, and you um, 
you're reading it and you're, you know, I'll, I'll send it to clients and they're marking it up. And I'm like, well, actually that's how it has to read. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know that that just, um, and it doesn't really resonate with you and doesn't seem to make any sense, but that's, that's just actually how they're formatted. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it still stems back to some point when it, it came out of a room where well, it was like, like these teletype machines would like hammer out a thing, Boston, comma, you know, date, comma, company name. It's like someone rips it off the top and reads it. Dear God, quick, call Walter Cronkite. You know, like that's it's such an antiquated system, but it works. Like it's a lot of these things we joke, they're antiquated, yeah. but they, they do work. It is a functional way to deliver a key message. And then and that's not the whole thing though. Like there's obviously more that comes, but it's it's just a funny like, such a connective thing to all the stuff that happens. And there's so much rigor around the press release. And I, I didn't mean for us to suddenly just be just dashing on every PR person's well, life right now, but uh, I think it's I, very close to home for all of us, right? It does. And I think that any um, anybody who's in PR communications, they understand, they understand the role of press release, right? It's, uh, it's just, it's kind of the foundation and then uh, what you do with it and how you communicate that um, is really kind of where the, where the magic happens. And, um, and then, you know, hopefully you can get opportunities like this, like get on a podcast and tell, tell a greater story. How did you know that this was a thing that you saw a future in? Oh, well, um, I personally, um, I've always loved radio. I've always loved talk radio, even before it's, it's kind of funny because when uh, podcasts became wildly popular and people would ask like, do you listen to podcasts? And I was like, well, I've been listening to talk radio since I was right. Um, Is that what you're saying? But yes, I do. You know, so it's, it's funny. Um, so I've always been attracted to it. And, um, you know, I kind of saw from the beginning, just thinking about different ways from, for, for me as a PR professional to serve my clients, I just, I found, I, getting them in front of um, big audiences where they can tell this really layered story and um, getting them on podcasts, like I just, not only is it a great way for them to communicate, but also like the joy that came from it. Um, there was never a time that a podcast finished and somebody walked away and was like, gosh, that was awful. Like most of the time they were grinning from ear to ear. They were like, that was so cool. How could I do more of that? So I think to me, that was like kind of that moment where I was like, you know what, this is a really good medium for my clients. And then just taking that even further to like, that's really all I want to do. I just want to work right in this space. Do you ever have concern about the fact that it does open up uh, an unfiltered opportunity for, for discussion? Because uh, as we know, you talked before, the sound bites are, we've got great sound bites, but we can also slip in some ones that could be taken out of context. And especially in a long form conversation, uh, it's, it's easy to grab a sentence in a, in a transcript and sort of be, have that just put quotes around it and dot, dot, dot on either side. And, and it, it can sound, you know, negative to what they really wanted to say. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good point. And I, um, even just for um, running my PR firm, it, you know, was, we did media coaching all the time, right? Um, whatever you say is, can be, can be put out there and into the world. So be careful of what you say. Um, I, you know, I, I don't have that same feeling with podcasts. And um, I know that you can obviously get yourself into a situation where you're saying something that isn't going to um, shine the best light on you or your company. But um, I don't necessarily feel like the majority of podcasts are are like, I gotcha. You know, I, I feel like <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not really what the, the format is not. It's not like investigative media, which is meant to like catch them on a, on a hot mic or whatever. Yeah, it is yeah. Uh, yet. Yet. I'm sure it's out there somewhere, but uh... I'm sure it is, but I have yet to experience that. Um, and we, you know, thus far we, you know, we, we don't do a ton of, of, media prep with our clients um we do give them just kind of some some basic like you know just know that be careful of of where you take that conversation and if there's things that you don't want to talk about you know just move on you know just kind of a little like some tools to kind of to bridge away um but we really haven't had anything um kind of backfire in that sense um because i do just think that the it, the medium is just it's a little bit different than than traditional media it's funny that the earlier in my career i i did a lot of sort of community face and stuff and did like video uh, at events, we would do like, you know, not main event stuff, but we'd have a secondary stage and, and we would bring people in for panels and stuff. And I loved doing panels because I hate panels and I love being able to create great ones because most of the panels are like, let's bring up a thing that all four people will have something to say on that's identical. And then we'll go back and forth, you know, a couple of times and we'll actually only answer two questions in 35 minutes. It, it, that's the format. It's no, yeah. it's kind of like my sort of dread of, of press release hell, but <laughs> panel hell is an equal, equal problem. So I love being able to ask a question, number one, that doesn't have a yes or no answer. Cause that's the, also the worst is they ask like, do you think that this is going to be positive? Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right then, perfect. So, you know, uh, but I started to meet people who were like CTOs and 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 CEOs and such. And and when you get to the executive pool, all of a sudden there was this barrier. Ah, uh, the PR team that has to and the media team that have to be careful. Mm -hmm. And so they would say, "Oh, can you send us the questions you're going to ask?" And I'm like, N "No, because I don't know. What I know what the first one is." And then the rest will come from that. So like that's, that was always my style, but I realized that's, that can be uncomfortable for them because they want to know how to give them the talking points, make sure you steer back to this. And it's a phenomenal art of whatever there's a, I'm sure there's a phrase to describe it. The idea of like, that's a great question, Brandy. But before we get to that, let me tell you about the importance of this other thing that has nothing to do with what you just asked me, but I'm required to say because I'm a politician or what, like, yeah, this ability to kind of take a wide loop and bring it right back into your comfort zone. And so, but I've, it was never my goal to gotcha people and I knew the boundaries in advance. So I kind of felt bad that you have to do this dance. I'm like, look, I'm not going to ask financials. I'm not going to ask whatever it's, it's, you know, we know the deal, but it's, it's tough. Like as a PR person, you've probably sat on both sides of that discussion, right? 
Yeah. Um, oh, yes, 100%. Absolutely. I have certainly asked journalists for their questions in advance. Absolutely. And and prepped and even given some, some bridges, right? To like basically bring the conversation back to where you want it to be. You didn't answer the question at all, but the way that you were able to maneuver that, it seemed a little natural. <laughs> um, and it is an art. It's a complete art. Um, and you can absolutely, I mean, the a, perfect examples of that are politicians they're masters yeah at that. so um it is it is like once you start to tune in and and then you watch like a press a press conference it's it's pretty incredible to see that put into play it's like uh, uh we used to joke in meetings when we would have executives that, that would make have discussions or you watch people politicians and stuff on tv and if for fans of the matrix there's this famous scene where neo is dodging bullets and so this guy that i worked with we would sit at the table and when someone wouldn't answer a question he would just so he moves like they do right it was this whole thing of like just just watching these bullets fly by and dodging it at, at, at incredible speed like how did, and it's magical to watch. And I've done it before, like I'll elbow somebody going, check this out. He won't answer this question, but he's gonna answer another question. And every once in a while, a persistent person will be like, put their hand up going, sorry, excuse me, but did you didn't actually answer the, and I, I love watching that moment, but most of the time it just flies by and no one catches it. <laughs> no one catches it. You have to really be paying close at attention to the, the whole dialogue and, and the, it's a dance. It's so. a very, it's a verbal jujitsu that, that, and I appreciate that the people that are in those positions have to be able to do that because they can very easily be caught in a, in a discussion or accident, you know, a, a tongue in cheek reference. It's all well and good for me, uh, but it's sure not good for somebody who's uh, representing a public facing company uh, with fiduciary duties to their shareholder. Like I, I understand and respect where they got to do it, you know, politicians. I, I don't necessarily respect how how they do it because I know what they have to do. They have to say the right thing to get enough people to nod their head, yes. you know, and good on them, right? There are amazing politicians. That's so, sorry, that's me. That's me now walking Brandy into an unfortunate conversation, <laughs> right? My personal disdain for many politicians, but I, I understand what is, and that's why I love this medium. So yeah. if you think about, you know, what some describe as this sort of Gutenberg revolution now that podcasting can do. And it's a great opportunity. But what are you say the biggest risks with the commoditization of podcasting? That you see? Yeah, I mean, I think that that is, um, that's a really great question. And I think it, it plays very nicely into just the general media landscape um, and we all know what that looks like right when money begins to exchange hands and um, what you think is good journalism you know good podcasting is actually all bought and paid for and um, yeah so I think it's it's it can be problematic for sure um, I feel as if um, I haven't quite ex again haven't experienced as I know it's I know it's out there, um, but I feel like for the most part it's it's interesting to me that it seems like podcasts have done a really nice job of kind of integrating 
the advertising into um, into their podcast, right? Um, whether it be um, something that they truly do love, or you know, will only take products that kind of align with what they're doing. I just I don't feel like it's that much of a. I mean, I think the media, like traditional, like newspapers, magazines, kind of have to take what they can get. Um, and I don't I don't necessarily see that kind of bleeding into the world of podcasting quite yet. What do you think? Yeah, that's an interesting point. And I think one of the, uh, that's definitely the area that's, as a fan of talk radio for years, so I used to be in a band and we played disturbingly loud music. And the only thing I wanted to listen to was human voices at the end of it. I always listened to like talk radio coming back. So I, le- I listened to a lot of like Art Bell, weird yeah. overnight radios, you know, syndication things on AM radio, because it was like the only thing on where I lived. Uh, you know, on the way home, driving out of the city and never wanting to hear music because I've been playing it for two and a half hours. So I had this thing and, and they were those DJs. And that's why I love and even like my intros and stuff. I, I do stingers and bumpers and all these fun things because I have fun with it. And I love the the format, but the being able to sneak in the the advertising was interesting. And I started to hear it more like it's generally overt, like, Hey, you know, inbound out, they like, you'd have a, you'd go to a commercial and, and it was very obvious. And then I noticed that some even talk radio stuff, they're like, you know, Brandy, this is a really great point. You know, you know what I really find interesting is that I get a much better sleep. Thanks to mypillow.com. Uh, you know, I like, and they would just like slide it in. And then you realize you've already been like hit by it. You're like, I think I just got advertised to, but it sounded like they were doing it. And that's why I love live reads because yeah. it's so funny. And then even better is when they do it in parody. And I think there's obviously kind of the big, names in talk radio were sort of famous for this, that you hand like a Howard Stern or, you know, like somebody like that, a live read, you don't know what you're getting. You know, you're getting a huge audience, but you may not like the words that get said wrapped around your product name. Um, so it was, uh, I, I am dancing right now. Like I actually have a, uh, a supporter for my podcast cause they're actually from my blog. Oh, great. So like, hey, let's kind of transition over and add you to, to the uh, to the podcast, but even there, I'm like, I got to be careful about that because you definitely don't want it to be, you know, sprinkled with advertisements and then it takes away from the conversation. Um, so I think that's the for me, my risk is, will there ever be the appearance of impropriety, mm-hmm. whether it's true or not? Just the fact that it, there's an, a potential for it, people will always doubt, and and I never want that to be the case. However, I spent a dear amount of time doing this, you know, and uh, eventually it'd be nice to, you know, recoup some costs at least. I, that's all I care about is just, uh, you know, ma- paying for the platform. And actually I, I effectively do today, but uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting challenge. And I think that's where I don't want media, traditional media stylings to bleed into the broader podcast community where it becomes bought. Yeah. That's my, my view of a risk. Yeah. And I think I don't, I haven't, you know, I've actually seen some very creative advertising. I don't, I I know Tiger King is all the rage right now. And I don't know if you've (laughs) um, watched the series, but there is also a podcast. I think it may have originated from a podcast, but um, 
there was a hysterical advertisement for a pair of clippers um, during the podcast. And it really, it did, a, they did a, an amazing job taking the story and putting it into the advertisement. It was, it, I listened to it probably five times. I kept like pulling back into the, like I wanted to hear the advertisement five times because it was that creative. <laughs> Sometimes the ads are better than the show, right? <laughs> So I think that there's some really creative things that are happening, but I think just in everything, I mean, if you talk about, I know that you have done um, work with events, like think about, you know, some of the big user conferences that happen and um, different vendors who are submitting talks, um, you know, all of those things, like what kind of money is being exchanged and what kind of value are you adding to this experience? And um, I really hope that podcasts stay as as pure as possible. And if they, you know, I understand that it has to, you know, you have to make money and it's, it's but, you know, being thoughtful about that, right? And who yeah. you're engaging with. It's funny, the, the uh, whenever I've spoken at events, uh, I usually do it, even if it's like a sponsored spot that my company would have would have paid to to use the slot. I very rarely deliver corporate content. I go out of my way to deliver like non-denominational content because I want you know butts and seats. Yep. I don't want another chance for them to do something that they could have watched on a webinar. I want a true interactive experience and and actually touch and tap into what matters to the people that are in that physical room at that time. And then I've had it where like you go up against, you know, a corporate session that's in a, you know, an adjacent room. And it was like a friend of mine who he's like, yeah, I had to do, you know, had to do the company thing. Right. And, and do the thing. And he's like, oh, what did you do? I said, oh, I did mine on this open source thing. He's like, oh, that's really cool. I'm glad they let you do that. He goes, my room was empty. He goes, when was yours? I'm like, I just finished. He goes, he just like gr grimaces at me. He goes, now I know my, my room was empty. You know? <laughs> But that's it. Like this is the chance for creators to create an experience. Mm -hmm. And that is so different than just the canned narrative that we, we have to do. There is a portion of it that matters, but there's just such a, it would be a lost opportunity in my view to take this medium and just have it be overproduced you know, there's good reasons why it can, like, it's actually, I have a, a huge respect for when you can do it. Like you hear cereal, you know, yes. and you hear stuff like, um, uh, there was one ABC did on, on Theranos, which was a great, you know, set of podcasts. And, and I'd already been very familiar with the story. They do such a beautiful job of, but I'm like, oh, like that's naughty, naughty. Like you have a multi-million dollar budget and you fired a production squad at this. It's no wonder it sounds so bloody good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, yeah, I think it's all, it's all very, it's just, it's so fascinating and it's, it is a little bit like the wild west, right? It's just kind of, um, everyone's kind of doing, doing their own thing, but it also seems like, um, there is this understanding and um, I don't know, it just, it's, it just, it, it's a feel good. It's a feel good platform. I, I think that um, I also think it's also interesting. This is something that I've talked to clients about too, is that um, as a listener, 
I can listen to an interview and and feel so intimate with that guest, having never have met them before. And even if, um, you know, I've, I listen to how I built this. Um, and there have been, you know, different people that I don't necessarily love their product, but after listening um, to their story, it just gave me a whole new level of respect and um, appreciation for their journey. Yeah, the and the good thing that I like about these formats is you can also explore what went wrong. And there's another great podcast, Why We Shouldn't Build This, right? Like it was kind of the reverse of like, because, you know, there's an opportunity to unpack. Uh, there's actually a great, there's a, a, a community called FailCon as well. And what they do is they go through like startup failures, like, and this is the greatest thing to watch because people are so proud of how they burned the whole thing down. And, but it, cause they're lessons that people can take away. And I think that's, that's what's great about this is that you can really read much more than just the straight statement of, of fact and that you can really build lessons around it. And you hear people like they've got such incredible stories to share. Uh, Kristen Rulon was another one. She uh, did the Mindstar app and Kristen is phenomenal. And I think it was probably my longest one we did. It was like an hour and 40 minutes. And at the end, she's just like, oh God, Eric, I'm so sorry. Like, I shouldn't, did I talk too much? I'm like, no, Kristen, I would have stopped you if there was a problem. This was great because it was so beautiful and it was so yeah. natural. Uh, and, and people have commented to me, they're like, oh man, like, I just can't wait. I want to see this thing succeed that's they're cheering for her you know they're cheering for the story if they just saw the app scrolling by in the app store they're like next right like they yeah. you can really connect people to, with the story behind the thing which is so cool yeah and it's so funny uh, that you mentioned that just because it just in my day-to-day -day, so i'm having these conversations with people like Kristen every single day and our conversations i feel like are like little mini podcast episodes so i get a glimpse into their life like this is why i did this this is how it all came to be and this is why it's so important to me to make this successful um so all day long i just get to live this like I, and i love hearing these stories right and and stories of failure too um we've had many clients who have have tried and failed numerous times and and are now trying something different um and it, it's just it's so inspiring and and cool to hear all of those stories um and it is it's like you you don't really know like when you are looking at an app or a product um it's just it's just a thing right it's not it, it doesn't have a story unless it's written on the packaging um, but when you hear it, you're like, oh, gosh, wow, that's that's incredible. It's that the difference awesome. between a still frame and a Disney movie. It yeah. really can be. And it's uh, it's I feel like I've got a responsibility to create sharing experiences for people who come on the show because I want them to really like get comfortable quickly and be able to explore stuff. And and it's it's fun and I think every podcaster, when I, I've got a lot of friends who start podcasts because we're a bunch of nerds, right? And every nerd's like, I got a great microphone. I love gear. I'm like, this is going to be fun. And then they go, they get all their friends to come on. And then about 15 episodes in, the wheels come off the bus. 
because they run out of things to talk about and they run out of people to talk to. And you realize, I'm like, man, your Dunbar number was way lower than you thought it was. <laughs> so it's it's funny pushing through and and seeing that even as a podcaster, I I almost bailed out a couple of times. But you know, you see people that come through, and my, a good friend of mine, Rob Hirschfeld, who has a, his podcast called The Latest Shiny Podcast, and they are just about to hit 150 shows. And so cool, just such a great, a great human, you know, and, and just a good friend and, and, and the way that he can help to unpack a very technical story is, is impressive. And I talked to him, I was like, hey, so you should get on like a podcast network. And he's like, uh-uh, not advertising. He says, I want nothing to do with it. He's just so like enamored with the idea of just being free of it all. No encumbrances. So it's so cool. I love um, that. Yeah. So here's a a question for you, uh, you know, when do you, how do you know who's a good place to place a client with, right? Who, who are the right voices for, for your clients? Yeah, it's, um, it, again, it kind of looks, I look at, well, we collectively look at our clients and then, you know, what are the audiences that they want to reach you know, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be the industry that they're in, because a lot of times they're serving, they're like they're in tech, but they're serving the construction industry with their tech, or you know what healthcare industry. Um, but it's really kind of aligning what they have to say and finding those good outlets to um, to connect them with. Uh, and and I really I think that how you have formatted your podcast is just it's a great way to just have this engaging conversation, right? Where it's just, um, it's fluid. And I think we try to really align a lot of our clients with formats like yours um, that allow this, this conversational style to just to be a little bit organic in, in how it's approached. So, um, so that's really kind of how we, um, we are matching our our clients with particular podcasts. The interesting thing that I'm seeing now is, again, to kind of highlight a risk, is over indulgence in podcasts. Like a lot of people I know that are consumers of podcasts, they're like, yeah, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And then they suddenly have this feed filled with stuff and then it stops downloading because they're subscribing to 11 podcasts. And I think there's a, there's like the seven stages of podcast grief that you go through, which is like finding a great one and then listening to it, then listening to every episode, then skipping a couple, then forgetting to listen to it and then forgetting you were subscribed to it and then going back and then hand picking stuff. I think it's like you build a trust in the voice and then eventually there's going to be this kind of like the the smile curve of like really good love it and then they're going to drop out for a while and then they'll yeah. come back in but in a very attentive way you know so do you think that there's a risk for just the industry that it could scare people away as podcasters that they they don't make it through that smile curve. They don't understand that there's going to be a lull and that you're going to have an audience of three for a long time. And that being you, your, your editor and the person that you had on the podcast, right? 
Yeah, I, I think that, you know, podcasting is not for the faint of heart, right? And I think if you, unless you're a, a gigantic, huge name that has a, a ridiculous following, um, you really have to, if it's a, it's a passion, I think you have to really love it. It's a lot of work. And, um, and as, as a, as, as a byproduct of being a passion, I think you, you have to just stay for the long haul. I mean, it is like building a business, right? I feel like you kind of launch up and things feel really good. And then you're going to, you're going to be, you're going to get to a point where you're either just idling here at one place, um, maybe even taking a dive down for a bit, but it's just, it's like everything, you know, you have to, to stick with it. And I, I, I've seen a ton of podcasts that have had huge success that just stopped. Yeah. And I (laughs) just think that they get to that point, right. Where they're like, well, I'm not connecting like I used to. And, or else it's just, it just becomes too much for them to, to manage. So um, I don't, have you seen similar things happen? Yeah. Well, that's, there is a point where, and, and you, you have to recognize what's your, what's your goal as a creator? Like what's the outcome? So when I was a blogger, I blogged because I wanted to share stuff that I personally experienced that was good or bad. And I just got through it. And it was technical stuff and it worked out to being, you know, and it's kind of like, I think it peaked like 40,000 views a month of people going through, finding the same dumb things that I found, you know, and got stuck on and I got through. So it was neat to see that. And my satisfaction was never in the, the throughput of the blog, but in the fact that somebody would say, hey, thank you. That was it. That's all I needed to hear. I would just write another blog like that's. I didn't care about how many times it got viewed. It's kind of nice. But I, what mattered to me was that I could, I could affect somebody's life in some way, in some small way every day. And that's, so when I look at the passion to podcast and I tell people that want to get started with them, like set your goal, what's the vision statement for what you're going to do? And I used to go to conferences all the time and I would talk with people and I've been lucky to speak with, with folks like you and great founders and, and, and others like you and be able to say like, hey, this is cool. And I would come back to the office and tell somebody or tell a friend of mine, they're like, oh man, I wish I could have been there. All right, let me put it on tape, right? That was, so that was the, how I started and that's how it'll stay. Like that's, that's always the reason I do it, uh, you know, and, and, and I'm lucky enough that I can squeeze it in. It's tough, you know, certainly it is, but that's, so anybody that's getting started, I tell them, have the vision statement for what you're doing. You are literally creating a business that's going to have, zero revenue for a significant portion of your life. Yeah. If it doesn't go, I, I applaud people that can go to sponsorship and do whatever. Awesome. You know, I just don't, I'm doing this off the side of the desk, trying to fit it in. And this is where you and your team, you know, have been phenomenal because you've opened the doors to great guests and great discussions who then ultimately excite me about staying in the game. Because uh, that's easy, right? It's it's easy to get lost in it. And you, as a somebody who's connecting to people and listening to people and and opening these opportunities for your clients, you have to always think of like they want to be proud of the the end result of that moment, and then want to get back on again in the same way. I think it's yeah, that's that's really the the passion. Like you said, if you don't have the passion for it, if it's if it's 
being done because you need to do a job and you need to get a certain amount of media out there. Good on you. But yeah, you're, when you hit the end of that, you'll be glad. Then when I see an empty schedule for a while, I'm only glad because I got a backlog, which is also thank you. (laughs) 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 I, I, uh, but you know, you're like, man, I miss having great conversations like this. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's, um, I find it fascinating that you came from the world of, of blogging, um, because I do actually, I tell a lot of people that I, I feel like podcasting is kind of following that same path, right? Where everyone was like, I'm a blogger. Yeah, I'm yeah. And it's what, <laughs> what we have to tell people too, is they forget. And the, this is the funny thing. Oh, how quickly we forget uh, that if you're a successful blogger, and you get a decent amount of throughput and, and a relative amount of notoriety. Well, what happens? You start a new medium. And guess what? You're starting at zero. Yeah. No one remembers that. I'm like, I'm captain start from zero. I start everything like I'm, I got an audience and nil and I'm working my way up every time. And I'm happy and I'm proud of that. And I, it's, I'm willing to survive that. Most people aren't. They're like, I don't get this. I've got 10,000 readers in my blog. And I got 14 listens on my first, you know, podcast and like, keep going, you know, it, it'll come, you know, just like that blog. The first time you posted the blog, you didn't get a thousand views. Yeah. It took four years to get a thousand. And then the next one got a hundred on the launch day. That's how it, it happens. Like it's how quickly we forget that there is, we are not, you know, the Rogans of the world or whatever. And even Rogan, if you go back to his early podcast, they're horrifying. You know, yeah. they're just him talking into a microphone with his buddies and they had, you know, hundreds of views at the time and have since garnered thousands of views of people going back to see what it was like originally and going, wow, Thanks. you know, and now as a, an example, like I always say, like, I'm like Rogan without the talent or the, uh, or the extra time or the audience, but hey, you know, we're working on all three and, and I'm willing to, to grind it out. So that's, blogging is such a beautiful foray into it because if you're a good blogger, you're a storyteller. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but you see the same, um, you see the same burnout, right? Um, and those who, I think going back to what you said before, people that want to start a podcast and they um, like really having like, what do you, what do you want out of this? And if you want to be an overnight sensation. (laughs) Yeah. Get in line. It's a 10 year ride to overnight success. (laughs) That's why it really has to be something that you truly care about and that the, the output is not going to be that you have a million listeners, you know, but you've got to fi- you've got to find something else that kind of keeps you motivated and keeps you going. Um, and I think you've got it right. You're having these incredible conversations um, and, and that like walking away from that each day and just feeling like and sitting with that, I think is, is really cool. And like one of the neatest things about podcasts. Well, I think the whole idea is that if, if you want somebody else to listen to something, make it so that you want to listen. Yeah. And I'm the lesson, I'm the student in every podcast because I get to hear how, how this happens, right? Like how did the thing that you built become a thing? And so then I look and I can take that lesson, apply it to 10 times. And next thing you know, I'm basically the, it's the next good to great, right? Like that's, it's being able to sit in, in study of all these stories 
and then learn through the pitfalls, the challenges, the good lessons, the tough lessons, the timing, you know, understanding of luck and many other things. There's a, a real honesty in, in being a continuous student of it. Now for you, this is interesting because you're probably, you, you, why not just roll your own? You know, have you ever thought, is there, your love is connecting people and creating that yeah. connective tissue. Would you ever think that this is a, a, a place that you want to, you know, go hard at and, and launch your own straight up podcast network? Yeah, you know, that's a really interesting um, question. And my co-founder, Ryan, actually, he's had a podcast. So we're, our headquarters, we're in Denver, Colorado. And he has a business podcast that he's had um, for quite some time. And that's actually how we met. I put clients onto his podcast that were local businesses. Um, so, you know, we... And starting this venture, we uh, he actually kind of has been putting all this effort into Kitcaster, but we've been talking about revitalizing that, um, which would be great. Um, it's, but as you know, it's just it's time, right? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, um, but it would it makes so much sense. Even having like the conversations that we're having, just in meeting our different um, the different people that we end up working with. I mean, like I said, they're like little mini podcast episodes. Um, we have a pretty, you know, even just when we're when we're onboarding clients, we have a very like scripted process. So, um, you know, it would we, just getting to the to the good stuff of where we build these media kits, which, are, which I I'm sure you have seen. Um, but it would be like, why not just be recording those? Yeah. and building a podcast around that. So, so we definitely have, um, we have some ideas. Uh, we have actually a couple different ideas for um, some podcasts we would like to pursue, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I mean, a network would be, that would be, that would be fun. The, the, so this is the funny thing too, is just like the PR, like, so me personally, I'm a weird one because I love the spontaneity of the immediate learning right the immediate like throw yourself in the water and see what temperature it is after and so your media kits that your team creates are great and i only listen to them after or if i don't know how to pronounce the person's name and the reason is because i love being just surprised by the voice yeah and the story and so i i love because i feel like if i hear it it will influence the first question. And so I obviously I read, I read it like, you know, I definitely read the story that's, that's on the page, but I generally do it. And I do a quick, uh, I do a decent amount of research on the company, the person's history and whatnot. So I know what to look for. Uh, Kellen, Kellen McCarville, also a great one. We were talking about Joy B's footwear, which is yeah. his, his company that he and his father co-founded. Uh, and I I went back through his LinkedIn and I found like something he had done in college and we spent like 20 minutes talking on that, like kickstarting a thing where they made uh, the onesies. onesies. Right? <laughs> and I was like, that was the, so I'm sure that he probably didn't expect that that was what he was going to be talking about <laughs> as well as his new venture. But I think we did a really, it, it made it fun and it, it, he enjoyed it and it didn't seem like surprised that we covered it. And in fact, it fed the lessons that we talked about further on and, and how did that influence the next thing you did? Um, so I guess that's, that's the neat thing for you too. Like 
is there a risk in you ever injecting your own voice to it? How do you stay like abstracted, but deeply connected to your clients? Well, you know, we try not to get, we really let the clients lead the story. Um, you know, we do just when we are um, kind of building out. So we, we just keep, I continue to reference this, but just, you know, we like to have a spot where you get to see a timeline of our, of our clients, right? So it's, um, it's their, it's their history. These are all important life milestones for them. Um, and we try to pull them out. So as, as you know, like people aren't always just so willing to give you this information. They kind of need to be led down the path. So, you know, we like, when did you have your first child? Um, like big, important life things it's then start to bring up stories that were like, Ooh, that's cool. All right. We'll put that in. Um, so it's, it's really, it's, it's having conversations like this and really getting to the good stuff, like you've mentioned, and that's the stuff that's interesting. Right. Um, yeah. So it's like, it's what happened while you were having your first child. That another thing that was happening in your life, you lost your job. Um, you knew that you had to support this family now. And so what were you going to do? Um, so these are the things that um, kind of pulling out those unique aspects that make us interesting instead of just a, a LinkedIn. Yeah, the, the straight the straight bio, right? Yeah. yeah. The, the neat thing I always, I loved listening to great interviewers so that one day I can grow up and be one was like James Lipton uh, from Inside the Edge Studio who only very recently passed away actually. Uh, Larry King who somehow has not passed away. He's got to be like a thousand years old by right. now. <laughs> uh, uh, another fellow, Ron Bennington. He's actually a comedian and a radio DJ. He was uh, in he was at a show called Ron and Fez. They were syndicated all over the place and they were based in New York. And he has Ron Bennington interviews where he does like long form interviews with uh, movie producers and directors and actors. And he's, he's amazing. And he's just a super funny person. So he is a, but he's just a, again, a, a life student. He's there to like, listen. It's so inspiring when you hear this. And so I think of, like you said, you got to pull that moment out that it may seem like it just flies by, but, uh, you know, a famous Larry King one was he was interviewing somebody who had been kidnapped. This, this woman had been kidnapped and she had to go into a store, you know, and and get food. It was kind of like a Patty Hearst situation. And then talking through all the stuff and he, he asked her literally the most nonsensical question to most people, which is, so so what did you do with the groceries? You know, and, and everybody's listening going like, what the what? heck? What are you talking about, you doddering old fool? But he's like, he says, the whole idea was, what was your mindset? Like yeah. you're doing this normal thing. Well, what is you got ready to leave and, and run for your life? Like, when did you separate from this thing you were doing? And it's so funny that to most people, it may have just been like, just to just slid by. But you know, I was like, whoa, hang on a second. Let me, why did he ask that? And it was neat to hear him years later, actually share that, that story. And, and it's, it's so cool. Um, so for people that want to get better and they want to learn the art of podcasting, obviously you must have some sort of key lessons. Like what are the tips you would give to a, a new podcaster or someone who's looking to kind of 
you know, amp up their style, I guess, or, or, or really evolve into, into this next generation of themselves. Yeah. So I think, you know, from, from two different perspectives, right. As a, as a podcaster, a host and, um, and somebody who wants to be a guest on a podcast, I think from, I think having some folks that you can identify with, um, podcasts that you appreciate, you like their style, um, kind of, forming your style, right? Like you take different aspects of things that you enjoy um, and then kind of bring it together to be your own, I think is is probably one of the most important things if you're just entering the world of, of podcasting. Um, I think even back to um, when I was in college and I had this professor who was incredibly hard on me and I thank her so much now, but during the time I thought she was a horrible human, but she made me me so much better at writing. And she, she just said like, find your favorite writers and just read and reread and read it over again. Um, And so it's, it's the same thing. You just listen and really listen. Like, what is it? It's like, it's the, it's not just, how it's delivered but those those questions like what did you do with the groceries like things that are a little bit nuanced and and the same thing i would say for guests um is you know be interesting (laughs) because everyone has an interesting story right that's not yes there are people that have um just histories and stories that are are hard to beat, right? But everyone has something. Um, where you're from, you know, there's something that happened that that kind of formed you as a as as a child, as an adult. Um, so it's just kind of it's pulling that out, like really really owning your story and your narrative, and um, and being, I think, vulnerable. No, be, I, I tell people that the moment that you think to yourself. Well, that's beside the point. I'm like, no, no, that's actually where you need to be right now. That's there's yeah. a reason you pulled into that. You pulled out that tangent. Uh, so let's let's see why. What what made you do that? And that's the, you know, it, it's kind of like the Chris Voss sort of you know method of oh, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, late night FM DJ voice. And was, <laughs> you know, like it, for those people that like love Masterclass, actually, it's really fun to actually watch Masterclass and, and Chris Voss, who wrote Never Split the Difference. He's a former FBI negotiator. He's got this beautiful Southern drawl and this amazing gra- gravelly voice, and it's kind of like a Matthew, a very low key Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> but. The, the way that he asks questions and, and explores tangents and the way he's able to pull you through that conversation. I think that's like great tips for people. And, and that's it, right? I guess find the thing that you don't think is interesting because you've, you've lived it is probably the most interesting thing to the person that you're sitting in front of. And, and that's cool. So I'm going to ask you the book question because I love, there's a couple of questions I love asking people. And this is one of my favorite ones. It tells me a lot about a person. What's the, book that you most that you read a long time ago that you recently picked up again and why did you choose to do that oh goodness um let's see um well uh catcher in the rye i feel like i read that probably a couple couple times like a year really i kind of i like 
I don't know what it is, but it's just, it kind of brings me back to a place that when I first read it, because to me, when I read a book, it's where, when did I first read this book? Like, I always think about that. And then it brings me back to that moment. Um, and so that is one that I always keep returning to. In fact, I named my middle son Holden. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> we'll see how that shakes out. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's one of my favorite books. Everybody loves that book, except for Beatles fans, obviously. <laughs> That's kind of got a tainted nature around the use of it. But hey, yeah. but it yeah. is a... It's such a good story because it, it's it's just so it's so there's just no one would expect what they're experiencing. It's it is a really really wild uh, and it's such a beautifully written book too because it's just so in the time and in the moment and yeah. and you just become a part of the story. That it's like of mice and men is another one that I I enjoyed because it's very time bound but you don't you don't care like you immediately are involved in the story. Yeah. And I and I think that's that is really that's my inspiration for anybody, right? If you there's a reason you go back to this is because you can immediately launch right into this world. And you know, for for an hour a day or an hour a week at least I get to I get to jump into somebody else's world and I think that's that's what makes this whole thing fun. Um the and the story like you said of the professor who somebody who may have inadvertently shaped so much good in your future but it sure didn't feel like it at the time it's the the other question i'd love to ask and you'll hear it i i ask this a lot of my guests and i'll say like what's the worst thing that's happened to you that you're the most thankful for Oof. um that is a really um that's a great question and um <laughs> you know i don't it's kind of one of those things that i don't I kind of live life that everything, there are things that happen that don't, do not feel great, but I always feel like whatever I've learned from that, like come out on the other side, actually, um, it's hard to find, this is a, this was actually pretty horrific, but, um, a couple years ago, my, um, this is the worst thing that I've ever been through is my husband, um, he is a pediatric dentist and um, it was a road rage incident. And this, this guy followed a mom and her three boys to his office um, and shot them in his parking lot. And he um, ran out and um, tried to do what he could do. Um, and it was horrible, um, terrifying, it just all, it's just it, the worst story. They ended up, um, they, she lost one son and the rest of them survived, but with some um, now significant health issues. But um, since then, we've become incredibly close with the family. Um, we've started a foundation. Um, it was, you know, one of the, the hardest moments just didn't make any sense, um, really hard to process. Um, but it's, I think the outcome um, and thinking just about how, it's it's a, so cliche, right? But how precious life is and really just like living in the moment because who would have ever thought that something like that would happen? Just doing something so routine in your day and your life and to have that outcome, um, 
it really kind of it made me realize that like nothing matters you know like this this stuff that we we think that we need and the things that we think we have to do this vacation that we think we must go on like none of that matters it's like it's your intimate circle and 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 hold those people close to you and and just live every day this that it's how however you can right and um i think that that has really just from that the last two years it's just really kind of made me change my whole perspective on living and what i do every day so it's a uh, it's a it's a tough lesson, and obviously we are you know very sorry for what that you know poor woman experienced, and you and your husband to have shared that experience with her even inadvertently and and outside of the direct. It's very yeah, like I said, there's nothing that can teach somebody the that lesson, and you hope that they can just think hard enough about what it would be like to be in that moment, and pull that lesson. So thank you for sharing that. That's a, uh, you know, it, those are, those are important ones. I should ask that one a lot earlier. <laughs> this is that yeah. it's, it's a really, but it, it is a good, let's, uh, people should think about that, you know, and I think the lesson is strong. It is enjoy the moment and see the, see, see what's around you. It's, it's right there, you know, so reach out and well, I'll say reach out and be socially distant with it right now. Really <laughs> reach out and, and touch with rubber gloves, but, you know, that, that moment, you know, there's, yeah. you know, I, it, it is important. It really is. And I, and I think that it's, it's, you know, I actually, you know, people were amazing. Like our community was amazing. And I, I communicated this, like when I was able to, like after processing and, you know, um, just that, you know, we, I think as a society, um, we try to fill things in our life, you know, just always trying to fill these gaps, right? With yeah. um, just things and um, over- Living my best timeline, right? It's all about living the best timeline and that's just so, so false. Yeah, it really is. And I actually think that it's interesting right now, right? Where we're all on lockdown and you really have to, you really you just have to be with yourself. And, and the people that are in your, under your roof, right? And, and there are no distractions because you're not allowed that right now. And, yeah. um, and I think it's, it's, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how we all come out of this. And, um, and I'm hoping that we, we take what we're, what we're doing right now and, and some lessons that we've learned through all of this and we come out on the other side, just better humans. I think we will. And uh, I'm thankful for the people that won't have to experience loss, you know, as a result of this sort of worldwide situation or, you know, like the situation you talked about. I hope that no one has to experience that loss to get the value and the lesson from it. And I think we're all at least understanding it's frustrating, especially as we head into at the time where we're, we're talking right now, you know, we're, however many weeks in and and so people when they hear this you know they may be listening six months later going you know oh man i forget like we'll have just snapped right out of it and i hope we don't you know i hope we don't stay super locked down as far as the way that we behave but i certainly hope that we learn you know good good life lessons and and good lessons about how to how to effectively connect with people and i really think that's what it is is that 
going to an event with 25,000 people, it's great. I love it. And you, if you don't go, you used to get fear of missing out. Right. And then at some point I'm like, yeah, I don't need to be there because the real people I need to connect with, it's not on that show floor. It's not at the event center. It's, it's the, it's the hour drive home or it's at the coffee shop after like that's when you're with three people or seven people. That's, that's the reason I went to meet 25,000 people at an event. So I could find three people that I care about and spend time with them. Right. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. But, it's like, it's just that like kind of bringing your world in a little bit closer. And like, those are the, those are the cool experiences. And I think that even just going back to podcasting, that's what makes podcasting so great is that you for this moment like we've been chatting for an hour and a half and it's just the two of us like we yeah. should you know i mean it's just it's it's intimate and it it feels it feels good and so then the funny thing is as we close up also as a lover of radio you'll you'll love this and i apologize i hate to change cadence as we close because that's just such a beautiful story and a beautiful way to end but one of my favorite things that i love and hate about media you know especially radio and like and where or news in general they have to be like uh today uh 14 people uh were lost in a tornado uh but don't forget friday it's hawaiian shirt day at the uh, tj maxx right and they've got to like immediately swing into like and you're like no <laughs> how do you do that you know talk about somebody who then there's a famous um it's like an off mic recording of casey Kasem. And it's one of the, my favorite things that people should seek it on YouTube. And he's like, it's all his flubs. And he's like, don't forget to join us uh, Wednesday at two, two. And, and he's like, <laughs> and at one point he's like, yeah, let me, uh, this is a dedication going out to yeah, little Jimmy, little Jimmy lost his dog. And he, all of a sudden he's like, okay, let's, let's wait till we hear the number. And he hears the, the music and it's like some super upbeat, like, can you get Don on the phone? I cannot come out of a goddamn upbeat number and talk about someone's effing dog dying. <laughs> but I think the truth is that we, that's what we, we can do this in honest and, and fun way. So uh, more than anything, thank you very much. This has been a real incredible pleasure. And for folks that want to get connected with you, uh, what's the best way to do that? And the Kitcaster agency as well. Sure. Yeah. And thank you, Eric. This has been wonderful. Um, so you can find us at kitcaster.com and that's K-I-T-C-A-S-T-E-R. And you can connect with us there. We, we do 15 minute phone chats with people all the time. Even if you're just curious, um, want to learn a bit, a little bit more about us, um, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, we're here for it. Excellent. And let's talk about your foundation. If you don't mind, let's just share that. I'd love to bring attention to it if we can. Uh, yeah, absolutely. No, that would be fantastic. So um, it is called Big Waves. And um, the whole idea is the, the child who was lost, um, he was a water polo player. And so it's helping get some of, um, which is actually um, is a great sport for um, particularly um, children with a lot of energy so um, part of what we do is we focus a lot on mental health so um, there happens to be um, quite a few pediatricians recommend water polo for children who have anxiety and things that just need to you oh, know wow. 
um, to exert a little bit more energy. Um, and so we um, have scholarships for water polo players, but then also funding other initiatives for, um, for mental health. So, um, so that's really the, the two um, goals of the foundation. It's Excellent. Uh, and how do, uh, how do people uh, seek that out if they want to become a part of it? Sure. So again, it's um, just check out our website and that's um, bigwaves.com. Excellent. I am surprised that you beat Laird Hamilton to that one. That is uh, they're very nice. Uh, big ways to be such a perfect surfing sort of analogy. I'm surprised that didn't get stolen already, but uh, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> I know. It's pretty, pretty incredible, but yeah, so that's the foundation. So if you um, trying to do a lot of good work there, you know, just aligning with other foundations that have already done a ton of good work in this space um, and um, supporting some youth that, want an opportunity to play water polo. Well, thank you for all that you do. Thank you both through the KitCaster world uh, personally and professionally. It's a pleasure to share time with you. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, for, for what you're doing with Big Waves and uh, we'll do what we can to bring attention to that. So folks want to please go to bigwaves.com uh, and, and take a look, see what, what you can do and, and just take the lessons from it that, hey, we all have, have kids that may need a little you know, understanding and a little bit of help and, and definitely uh, bringing opportunities to, to help with, with clarity, uh, reduce anxiety, uh, especially with, for our kids now uh, in a world of overindulgence. Uh, it's a good chance. You know, they don't have the pleasure of enjoying good long form podcasts yet. Uh, but hey, they'll grow up one day and love them. Uh, but in the meantime, they'll be like, oh, mom and dad, you're on a podcast again. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you very much. And uh, I look forward to uh, sharing many more of your client stories as well in the future. Thank you so much, Eric. This has been great.